Welcome back to another episode of Harlequin's Podcast. Two wins in four quarters. My name's Michael, and as always, I'm joined with my cousin Will. And after a very, very hectic weekend, mate, how's things? Yeah, good. A very hectic week. Well, very hectic month or so, really, with, with work. So I took Friday and Monday off and, oh, and had a, a fairly large weekend, which was very successful. Obviously, Watford promoted back to the Premier yes. League. So if you boys are still up there next season, maybe we can sort out an away day. Yeah. Um, although it's not much of an away day for me anymore. I'm probably closer to, to Brighton than I am to Watford now. Oh, mate, Brighton had a terrible weekend. Like, beaten by Sheffield United, West Brom yeah. won, Burnley won. Oh, God, yeah. I thought, I thought oh, my weekend's been great. I've had Watford get promoted. I've had Quinns with a last-minute try to to win yeah. the game. I've had England women winning the Six Nations. It's been yeah. it's been great. Yeah, well, I played cricket on Saturday and got forty on, so I was fairly happy. Then I got wrapped on the pads. It was given out by by my mates at the other end. But nevertheless, yeah, it's never out. That is it? No, never out. I I, I maintain that as well. I wasn't out in the last. <laughs> I wasn't out in last season's club game either. But uh, uh, we move on. Anyway, we have got uh, mate so much to talk about in this episode. Yeah. We've got a lot of news that's happened and sort of came to light over the last few weeks. So the first thing I want to talk about is some of the COVID news that's gone on within the club. Um, I'm not an expert on this, but I just think it's something that is you know, prevalent to talk about. So I'm just going to very quickly read out the sort of um, the headline of the article on the Harlequin yeah, website. Yeah, do it. So, I, need you to, I need you to educate me here a little bit. I've, I've followed it briefly, but I haven't dived too deeply into these articles. But yeah. everything we're doing is obviously with um, positive intentions. So Yeah, of course. And I, th- I think this is the overwhelming sort of point of it is that we are, from what I've seen, looking to implement these new things. In, within technology, within you know general ideas that are doing all the very best they can to keep players, staff of the club, anyone that's working in, in a work capacity within, you know, within the club safe. So the headline reads, Harlequins confirm intention to offer optional live test of MyGP technology to support launch of UK's first NHS assured COVID certification feature now. I could go on and read the whole article. Uh, I won't because uh, I probably get lost in it. But I th- again, I think the general tone of it is that the club are trying to introduce new things they can do to keep fans, staff, players safe. And then yeah. um, going on the back of that, I also saw and a few weeks ago, there was a piece of news came out. It was either at Surrey Sports Park or it was at the Stoop. They introduced a new sort of um, ventilation system within within the club or within the, heard about the training centre to keep the airflow clean and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, you know, Again, I'll say it again. I think the overriding sort of topic here is that the club are trying to do whatever they can to to keep people working safe. Oh, hundred percent. And I think it, it's although the primary thing is is the safety of members of the club, whether that be players or staff, etc. I think the main thing is they want to get people back in the ground. They're, yeah. they're a business at the end of the day. They need to be seen to be doing these things and, and making a, a positive uh, a positive change. Um, even if other clubs aren't doing that, you look at Wembley at the weekend, they had fans for the yeah, FA yeah. Cup, uh, not the FA Cup final, League Carabao, Cup final. Carabao Cup final. Carabao, yeah. Carabao Cup final. Yeah, Carabao Cup final. Um, obviously, the Stoop was host to the, the final round of the Six Nations with England v France. So mm-hmm. they want to get people back in there. We've got Wasps at home in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if that'll come too soon, but then Harlequins women are looking to secure a home semi-final. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's loads of games coming up, which would be great to get, not not necessarily a packed out Stoop for, but even, if you, get to, even if you get to 50%, it, that place would be rocking. So. I think it was 25% is the scheduled last two games of the season, isn't it? I think is the, the current cap that's out within the news. And I think you make a really point about getting fans back in i'm literally just going to read the next line of this article because in front of me harlequins are collaborating with my gp to test a new COVID certification tool at a future home fixture at the twickenham stoop so look it's uh it's all about keeping people safe and, and getting fans back in which you know if it works i'm all for it 
if I have to get to the ground early to go through this, I don't care. I'll, to be honest, if it's a day out, it's a day out. We'll I'll get camp, there even I'll, earlier. I'll be like Wimbledon. I'll camp, I'll camp on uh, Twickenham <laughs> Green overnight. <laughs> Time for an extra bit. I think it would just be nice just to to mix with everyone again and uh, obviously in a, a safe and COVID friendly way, but to, yeah. to get out to a live event, a live venue and, and watch some live sport. I think this isn't like a, this isn't a negative. It shouldn't be seen as no, 100%. as a hassle for anyone, to be honest. And actually I saw at the Carabao Cup final, they were doing um, checks of phones to, you had to prove that you'd had a negative COVID result. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure the time frame on that, but I don't, I, it didn't Again. look very uh, strict to me. It was just people flashing their phones up and giving <laughs> anyone's screenshot. But yeah, it's good to see that we're making a little bit more of um, a secure approach to that. Yeah, of course. I mean, like I say, um, I'll say it again, if I have to uh, camp outside Nella Gardens in Twickenham for two days prior to getting a ticket to go and watch Queens at the Stoop, I certainly will do that. So, uh, yeah, no, great stuff. And anyway, let's uh, let's move on. It's football. Now, we are a rugby podcast. Um, we are traditionally rugby fans. Obviously, you know, you're a Watford fan. I'm a Brighton fan. Um, loosely at times but I think it would be a bit of a remiss for us to talk about or not talk about sorry the European Super League that's gone on this week and maybe try and very briefly without going too deep into it talk about the sort of parameters and ramifications that it may pose to our game also yeah. the, the backlash was pretty you know heavy and, 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 and immediate um, I didn't expect it to be canned within once it 48 hours of it being of it being announced but I mean there have been talks on social media about the prospects of comparing it to ring fencing and how that yeah. you know suddenly starts looking like something that people are way more against than they were initially because we've actually seen what it would look like potentially. What are your what are your general thoughts? I think although it's rooted in football, I think it's a really strong lesson for sport as a whole. Yeah. And it, it really shows the core values and and the, the power to the people kind of mentality that fans have. Um for those of you who don't know much about the European Super League, firstly, where have you been? But secondly, <laughs> yeah, living, living under a rock for the last two weeks. Yeah, it's effectively the the biggest European football clubs all coming together to create their own league, um, which is governed by themselves. Um, so if you think to a similar structure to something like the NBA, I assume, where there's no promotion or relegation. Yeah, franchise tournaments, aren't they? You know, it's franchise tournament. Yeah, it's all money-led. It's all about money. Um it would just be so impractical to do. It would kill the the domestic games um, in all the countries that have participants within it. So England, Spain, and I think Italy had a few few teams in there as well. And the reason we're, we're talking about it now is because there are similarities between that and ring fencing. If you don't have promotion and relegation, then half of the teams in that league aren't playing for anything. Probably more than half the teams in that league aren't playing for anything, particularly when you've got it not even halfway through the season. And it just makes it a bit a bit dead weight. And the only thing I can compare it to within rugby is Super Rugby. Yeah. And we all talk about how great Super Rugby is, but actually, the, think about the population of, of somewhere like New Zealand compared to the UK and the yeah. amount of players that we're able to put through the system. And you look at the likes of Saracens and how many of their players spent time on loan at Bedford in the Championship yeah. or at Quinns, where how many of our players spent time on loan at Scottish or Welsh um, yeah. or Richmond. Yeah. Um, we talked to Louis Liner not too long ago and he was saying how he spent a season with Richmond and had Brownie sort of mentoring him in the background. So these championship games aren't something that should be just neglected. Um, and we saw it at the start of this season with Cornish Pirates beating Saracens. Mm. You've got to have that opportunity for clubs to grow and, and have that sort of glimmer of hope that they will be able to be promoted to a, a top league. 
and not I mean, just the clubs, but the players that play for those clubs that they've got yeah. out to to get to the top level. I mean, I've followed the championship loosely for the last couple of years because I've got a couple of mates that are playing in it and I've probably followed it more this year due to the fact that Saracens are in there and there's obviously a bit of noise yeah. around that. Um, when Cornish Pirates beat them on the first you know, first weekend, that was, holy, holy hell, you know, everyone have a look at Saris for, for a week or so and then, you know, they beat Ealing at the weekend and there's a lot yeah. of talk on social media about Ealing and there's a lot of talk about on social media about Saracens and I've got a mate that's, you know, currently playing at Bedford's um, you know, I've watched it more this year and I know that rugby is different because of the size of the sport and I know that the championship and the premiership in, in football is such a different concept in a lot of ways, but in many ways, yeah. in, in, and I think you make a really point, in, in, the, in the core ways, it's the same, isn't it? It's Exactly, it's yeah. It's not about the financials. It's all about the core no. values and what sport represents. And for me, you think about, the, it's the fairy tale factor, isn't it? That Cornish Pirates yeah. match against Saris where they won. It was that fairy tale factor. And you, you look to the Premier League and teams like Leicester winning the league. That's what sport's about, right? Yeah. And you're removing the opportunity for things like that to happen. I think actually the one person that weirdly summed up for me was on the Monday night football, was it last week when um, Jamie Carragher and, and Gary Neville were on, um, they had Steve Parrish on the um, Crystal yeah. Palace chairman. I think, I think he's chairman. And actually he summed it up in, I think the way that it resonated with me the most. You know, he's, he's a, a leader in the club at Crystal Palace. I know that Alex Dombrat's a Crystal Palace fan, although I don't like Crystal Palace. That's not the point as a Brighton <laughs> fan. But um, he said, you know, one day he dreams of Crystal Palace playing in Europe. You know that that's that's what they're aspiring to do. They, you know, whether the way they currently sit 14th in the table or 12th or 11th or 10th, their their aspirations, or they might not be a winner league immediately. If they finish fifth or sixth, they, they get Europa League spot. They they maybe crawl into Champions League. You look at the way West Ham have played this year. And I know we're drifting into football chat here. And we're drifting away from the rugby, but the core value of actually what that means in terms of fair and honest competition and a level playing field with everyone. And I think rugby probably has that slight, you know, more than football with the, the likes of with a salary cap and, and the other things that we have within our game. It makes the, the idea of ring fencing suddenly a quite, we almost have an idea of what that would look like now. Obviously before yeah. we weren't exactly. really yeah, exactly. sure of how it's it may have worked, scarier. who was there and whatever else. But now that it's, we've sort of had a glimpse of the other side of the coin and what that may look like in another sport, a lot of yeah. people that I've seen on social media have now gone, oh my God, that'd be terrible, you know? Yeah, and quite rightly, it has kicked up the conversation in rugby. I saw Pat Lamb um, speaking on it as well and saying that the Gallagher Premiership has to learn from football's mistake. Yeah, uh, it, it will it will be detrimental to the league if you've got the, the bottom half of that table not really playing for anything. Mm. And if it's detrimental to a league, it's also going to be detrimental to national sides, etc. So, yeah. which means it's bad for the game in general. We probably have less people playing if England aren't as good. Yeah. So yeah, it's just poor for the, the whole sport in general. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've uh, we've we've covered that enough. Like I said, yeah. not football experts. I'm <laughs> sure there are, I'm sure there are people that out there that might disagree with this. If you have any opinion you know drop us a message get in touch with us on twitter on on instagram wherever it is just uh, we'd like to hear on, on your thoughts just around that sort of topic um up next we had some signing news this week uh, a new name you know devastating that brownie's going still not quite over it. it's like breaking up with a girlfriend um or the, the love of my life in, in my brown uh nick david has signed from the warriors um, he has. He didn't play against us a couple of weeks ago, which almost, he didn't, did he? It was almost like with Brownie when he didn't play against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh my god, yeah. it's happening. You know, things, the worst things, things, secret things ever. Are falling into place. But um, he's not a guy that I've watched loads and loads of this year. Um, 
from the snippets and you know those social media sort of clips and stuff that I've seen. He looks like an exciting prospect. He's young. He's English. He looks like he fits the way we play. What are your what are your thoughts on on his on his signing? Yeah, I was really hoping we'd see him play against us. It's like, how do you announce the signing without actually announcing it? It's yeah. the same thing we did with Brownie in Newcastle. But um, no, he looks a really good player. To be honest, I haven't seen too much of him because I don't really watch Worcester. All I've seen is um, I follow BT Sport Rugby on Twitter and they're, they're very good at putting highlights up and, and yeah, some tries and, and just match yeah, yeah. Um, match moments. Um, they're really good at that, actually. It makes it really accessible for people. Um, that's, where I've seen I've seen most, his... that's where I've seen most of the clips of him, to be fair. Yeah, that he's um I've seen a few of his tries and he's electric, he fits the way that we play. And he actually had some really good things to say earlier in the week about joining Quinns and how he feels like his brand of play fits the way fits Quinns' brand of play perfectly and it's gonna be sort of a happy marriage. Um I know he played age group level with Caden Murley as well. Yeah, so he's not um unfamiliar to a few of the lads. Um he's a good young English player, which is exactly what we've always wanted to be at Quinns, isn't it? We've always had that core group of good young English players and, and developing homegrown talent. So it'd be nice to get him in sort of early doors while he's still at 23 and hopefully build a long career with the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's quite funny actually when he didn't play against us, I was sort of hoping that if if it was going to be a deal that we'd hear about in the next three or four weeks, I was hoping that he played against us. We beat them by 50 points, but he scored a length of the field try where he picks the ball up, runs past yeah. all of our players, then yeah. dots it down in front of the post. But um, no, say not. I mean, look, he's um, he's certainly something that I'll watch now for another few few games and, uh, and and see how we get on. But yeah, well, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what gets, we'll see how he, he progresses and see whether he's running in tries and hopefully he comes to us in a, in a bit of form, which would be nice. Um and then next, we're talking about running in and scoring tries at the Twickenham Stoop. England women, three-time on the spin, Six Nations champions. Uh, is a hell of an achievement. It's a massive achievement. Massive achievement. Um, all the sweeter as Harlequins fans, given that we had an absolute half the team was, you know, from, from the Harlequins women's side and the fact it was played at the Stoop. What were your, what were your general thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it was a really tight game, wasn't it? Yeah, Low it was. scoring one, 10 6, just for the one try that separated the sides, um, particularly in sort of glorious sunshine at the stoop, which has seen so many try fests over the recent weeks, particularly in this kind of weather. But no, it was a real tough battle, wasn't it? France looked really good this year. And actually, when we had to pick our fantasy Six Nations team for this weekend, it's the toughest one it's been. And I'm not yeah. surprised because that's that's how it's supposed to be with finals weekend, isn't it? You sort of you pit the best against the best and, and so on. So um, it only feels like a few weeks ago we were speaking to Jess Breach as he made you about this tournament how it was great that they had their own Six Nations window yeah. um, I've never been so engaged with it I was 100%. looking forward to watching games at the weekend um, it's nice seeing the team play at our, our local ground as well in the stoop yep. um, I can't believe how quickly time's going and that know. came and went so quickly I know they played less games because it wasn't your traditional Six Nations format but it's going so fast. Obviously, we were lucky enough to talk to Rachel Burford about it. You know, not many people that have got knowledge on the game like her. And oh, we spoke to her after the first week, and then all of a sudden it's the final, and and they've won. And she's she's obviously then come back and played for for Quinns in between that. I mean, yeah, mental how quickly that's gone. But yeah, time's going so fast, isn't it? Yeah, things are opening up. Maybe it's come spending more time in the pub. I'm I'm remembering less, but um, (laughs) (laughs) things things are all bolding into one. I've just been I've been in the house every night, and I'm I'm not in the house every night. It's quite nice, but um, no, I mean, look, uh, all all I can really say about it was the game was tight. Amazing to have as many Harlequins players on the pitch as as we did. Some off the bench, some starting, and the game, and the fact the game was at the stoop. 
fingers crossed that is an excellent omen for future games this season with the women's side of the stoop. Hopefully, you know, those same players with the additions of uh, of the rest of the Quinn squad can uh, can can get a get a home semi final and and uh, win win the Allianz Trophy. And it's, yeah, exactly. And a taste for silverware. You, you get used to winning, don't you? So absolutely, yeah. It's, it's good to get a taste for it, especially this time of the season. It's good to do it on your own patch. So yeah. I'm sure it will have positive influence going forward. So yeah, absolutely. And then we move on to the game down at Brentford, um, the Community Stadium against Irish. We would be doing two of our greatest ever Harlequins a worrying disservice if we didn't mention their names. 350 appearances for the club. Mike Brown, 300 appearances for the club. Danny Care. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, monumental. Oh, monumental. The longevity we, um, is quite... I haven't really clocked it sort of in my own head. And then I actually think about it, and you go, that is a hell of a stint. Oh, ridiculous stint. But then you've also got to factor in the, the amount of time they would have spent away with the national side as well. Uh, think about how many caps these lads 70, 80 got. caps, 70, 80 caps. Respectively, but, yeah, both of them got a yeah within that vicinity of, of England caps, which is yeah. ridiculous. And and obviously, traveling around with six stations this year, we we know how much time that took out. So mm. to, to rack up those numbers is just quite ridiculous. But also to perform at the ability they still perform at, very much two spearheads in our side. Mm. You know, well, both attacking and defensively, actually going yeah. into the end of the season, they're they're our standout players. So we, we talk about the likes of our next generation with Smith and Dombrand. I like to think that the impact these guys have had on them has been invaluable. And Marcus actually gave a really good interview after the Irish game, celebrating their careers and and the impact they've had on him, not just professionally but personally as well. Mm. Um, so those kind of characters are invaluable. We'll we'll miss Brownie hugely. It's good to have DC oh. resigning. Um, but yeah, we, we put out tweets saying that there are not enough superlatives to describe them and no. what they've done in their own careers, let alone what they've done for the club. The amount of people they've positively impacted at the club um, over the last however many years is, yeah. is ridiculous. So yeah, huge achievement. It was a bit of a weird one watching them run out at a stadium they've never played at before, empty, away from home, and those two leading, leading out. And obviously it was quite sort of cool watching them out running next to each other then you just saw DC just sort of pat Brown in the back of the head and was like oh go well mate yeah. just, just, hell like, of a oh. bromance it, I, I, yeah. know, I know I know I know goosebumps it was class wasn't it how much time they spent together in the last yeah how many years like you just you spend so much time with someone like that and grow that's, together that, I they've know grown together. they've grown families together yeah and that's the thing they've, you know, they've won together they've lost together they've played everything together yeah. in good and bad times they've had amazing ups with Quinns and some fairly low points as well and then I just, I just, I hope. Obviously, we know we've got you know DC for next year. I'll be absolutely devastated if not much myself, myself personally, but any of the Quinns fans don't get in to give him just everything he deserves in his in his sort of final bow for the club. I hope it's with some silverware. I just hope it's in a big game at some point with some fans in at home. Yeah, who knows? Definitely. I th- definitely. Uh, he also sealed it with a try, didn't he? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Weekend. So, yeah. but I think well, it was it was in, DC, in all- DC, DC off a breakdown bullet pass, Brownie runs a hard line and scores. How many times in the career have we done that together? Exactly, yeah. I think it was quite nice that actually he was able to celebrate the occasion, not just with the try, but with probably the tightest-knit group of Quinns players we've seen in quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, we're obviously a bit gutted we weren't there to, to see them both run out and, and to see them score and, and to celebrate their careers. But actually, I think they would have taken just as much of a kick out of spending it with their best mates and spending it with sure. the rest of their teammates and having a beer in the changing room afterwards. It's yeah. those kind of qualities in sport that when you play it, they're, they're the memories that you, you don't forget. 
for sure. I mean, I saw some of the photos on social media afterwards, and man, they just they just look like such a close bunch. And you know, they all want to have a photo with with uh, yeah. with, with DC yeah, and Brownie. Of course, of course, you would. There was a couple of quite funny photos actually. I think it was it was Joe Gray. DC, Will Collier and, and DC, Will Collier, yeah. and I think it was Robo commentators. Yeah, yeah. Can we have this flip with the shirts off? So you <laughs> stick yeah, Danny's yeah. shirt on, and you get the two two front rows that, with the tops off. But no, yeah. it, it was so so good to see stuff like that. And obviously, you know, yeah, great, yeah. That's probably, that's probably the highlight of the game, isn't it? You know, you walk off, you have a, you have a beer in the change room, mate, and you get a few photos and and you know takes make some memories. That in that, that's probably as close as you get to that sort of you know high high of a crowd at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you saw um, all the academy lads at Barcelona when they, um, they won a Spanish Cup recently. Messi was posing with the photo and one by one they'd come yes, in. Yes, I did see that. I did see it that. Was, that. It was that literally is... like a, a meet and greet. Yeah, I did see that. It was, it was almost like a, <laughs> Messi was standing. That's like a cardboard cutter, wasn't he? Just shoulders yeah. up, arm round. They'd all just sort of like sweeping, come yeah. next to him. One in, one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Brownie and DC had swapping people's Swapping people's phones as they go. Um, yeah, definitely. Should, should we, we talk about the game? About, say, should we talk about the game? Yeah, what were you... Yeah. I mean... <sighs> I don't you knew really it was know. Where, be hard, didn't we? Yeah, I don't really know where to go with it. Before half time, like they dominated. Oh, I do. So, well, yeah, yeah. Go on then. You go on. You go because I, I, my feelings are a bit mixed on it until until after the forty minute break. Go on. You go. Just, just such a slow start. Yeah. We've got used to having fast starts. Um, mm. Even if we're not the first to get points, we're always there and playing and and firing shots. And we were just so slow to get out the blocks. And that, a big part of that was down to indiscipline. And as yep. I was watching it, it reminded me of sort of the Gustard era where we were giving away penalties and we don't learn and we'll give away another penalty. And actually we're giving the opposition free yardage up the pitch and hmm. all of a sudden they're in a position to kick points. And lo and behold, Paddy Jackson knocks over three points on, on numerous yeah. occasions. So having said that, I'd, I'd probably split the first half into two halves. And yep. the back end of the half we began to sort of bring ourselves into the game a little bit more and, and actually get over the whitewash twice. Um, so even though we're having slow starts and we're, we're giving teams opportunities, we're still able to claw back in and actually take a lead into half time. But we knew it was going to be tough. It's a London derby and Irish are always one of those teams where they probably get a bit of disrespect, but we, because we always think we'll beat them. They yeah. always think we're better than them. And I still think we are. It's yeah, I agree, not yeah. going to change, but they are no. a little bit, they're a little bit like Worcester where we do have it in ourselves to slip up against that opposition. Um, so to, to give them the foothold in the game right from the start, we were always going to be up against it. And you only need to look at the second half and how we were clinging yeah. on right until the end and only just getting it at the end. To, it's, it was summed up by that for me we, we got out of jail we really it really was a, a smashing grab oh 100% 100% um, it was an odd one for me because I made a, a comment that a couple of people messaged us on Twitter sort of agreeing with when we played against Worcester it felt like I'd watched that game a lot yeah. this year there were so many similarities with the way we played other clubs in, the, in terms of how we attacked at times how we defended the yeah. scoreboard that was a bit of a new experience for us that today you know playing from behind annoyingly there's another similarity with with um with andre being sent off we'll talk about that in a, in, in a bit more in a yeah. second but if it, it it felt like we needed and i think i didn't actually message this i, I actually was going to and i forgot we probably needed that at some point learning how to win an ugly game because all that's been spoken about us all year is that we'll run in tries, we'll beat you, unstructured attack, we'll fly through you, we'll score X, Y, Z, we'll, you know, 
sevens rugby at times where our defence is sometimes a bit a bit loose and doesn't matter if you know when we when we play our best with ball in hand, no one can touch us. But which yeah. is all which is all you know, it's all true. But we needed to win an ugly game and I think that's what that was. So good to win an ugly. I mean, yeah. it's it's not as enjoyable for a fan because a it's not as attractive to watch. But b it really is way more nerve wracking. Yeah, hundred percent. When the the results in the balance like that, and that's what makes sport so exciting. But always going to be biased as a fan. You just want your team to rock up and, and run right over the opposition. And there's the reality, particularly as we get to the end of the season. Yeah, uh, that that is just not going to happen. No, not at all. Um, so uh, as you say, a similarity to Gloucester where Andre got the red and we managed to win ugly there. It was actually quite nice to see us win ugly. And we just talked about being in the changing room after the game. If you're in the changing room after a game, yeah. two, of your, two of your legends of the club have just had huge achievements um, appearance-wise, but then also that you've you've had a last-minute try to win the game. I know. You can see the passion. There's a great photo going around of Marcus diving over the line with a smile on his face. There's Luke Northmore charging yeah. in behind him, screaming his head off. It was yeah. so good. You love those kind of wins. Like We can talk about giving away too many penalties and not really showing up in the way that we usually show up and red yeah. cards but I take a lot of a lot of satisfaction from that win yeah Probably I mean just as much as where we won where we yeah. won right over the opposition satisfaction I think I think is is quite a good word because it wasn't it wasn't satisfying to watch but it was satisfying just to know that we Result. have we have to we have you know the ability to grind out the game I think you can make quite a good point though know, I almost imagine them being in the changing room afterwards and they've all come in they've all sat down and gone well, you got away with that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You um, look at the player next to you and you know they've given their all. They've, they've fought with you for the last, however long it was, sort of half an hour when you were down to one player less and they've, they've yeah. fought with you and, and fought tooth and nail and uh, you've managed to grind out the result. And I remember when I was playing, if I was to play a game and we win by 30-odd points, it's great. You get out, get in the change room afterwards, put yeah. the jeans on, everyone has a bit of a party. But yeah. when you get in the change room after a last-minute try to win it, it's just so yeah, much yeah, better. I so. I've played in a few games like that, sort of hockey-wise, where you're just going, go away with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think we were going to get there. Um, it was a smash and grab, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And everyone had a smash and grab. Um, the two main talking points of the game for me... Um, both slightly disappointing. <sighs> Losing Webb is going to be almost mm. irreplaceable at the minute. Um, yeah. I mean, Kenners is Kenners. I, I assume if we're going to play with that, you know, over the ball breakdown specialist, and if he's coming off the bench, I assume he's going to get the start whenever that may be in a couple of weeks' time, which is going to be massive. I mean, I don't know how those shoes get filled in the in the early in the immediate future anyway. Um, whether we yeah. go for maybe a slightly more dominant carrying back row and bring back an Archie White into the mix. Chiz maybe fit again. Um, I, well, we I need Chiz know. back, don't we? We, yeah, we are think, a little bit lightweight now. Yeah, I think Chiz I know is, Webb's not the biggest player, but we do look a little bit lightweight when we bring... I would bring Archie White in. I think yeah. he had an awesome run of games right after the, the post-Gust He captained the, um, he he captained captained the A-side against side. Bath on Friday, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he's unlucky to lose his place, to be honest. I'd bring him back in. But you, you also talk about Lorde, who captained the side against Ulster and was probably True. one of the shining lights in a disappointing evening. But yeah. we have got, as you say, we have got plenty of depth, Jack Kenningham as well. But yeah. it he's got irreplaceable shoes at the minute. So it's a hell of a task for someone to come in and do that. But yeah, yeah I... I'd like to think we still have enough over the pitch to to get top four. I think we do have enough. And I, I think agree. we've got a, a relatively nice run in. But I do think when we do get to a, a knockout game in, in a semi-final against next four of Bristol, he's the kind of player you look to to, to break up their get you play. A big, get you a big turnover. Get, get you the ball. Yeah, it's, it's more about 
preventing them from doing anything as opposed to yeah. setting up your own lads as well. So yeah, I mean, he's get, a huge getting loss. the turnover, making 30 tackles, whatever it may be, you know, that's the sort of thing he does. And I think you're right. I mean, we'll play the running games we've got next. And I, I, I fully, fully, you know, 100% believe that we've got enough to beat the teams we come up against. But, you know, the leading turnover merchant in the in the league's tough to replace, isn't he? Exactly, um, yeah. It's that speak for themselves. Yeah. And to be, to be fair, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say, as I, I messaged you at the time, he was also in, in the hospital bed the other day after having, like, I think it was surgery. I, I saw him had a big boot on and he seemed in good spirits. I know that he's probably pretty happy. Yeah. That he's, he's a big Norwich fan. They've just got you know, promoted back to the yeah. Premier League. So I think he's pretty happy about that. But, you know, he was doing this thing on his Instagram story where people can comment and roast him and yeah, yeah. a bit of thick skin, a bit of a laugh and a joke. You know, it shows that he's he's got a good head on on his shoulders and that he's, he's you know, I know he's got to miss out. I mean, he, he actually put a really touching message up on his Instagram. You know, he said, look, how devastating it is to to probably be ruled out for the season. Not he, sure. Yeah, he's, he's gone he, for the season. Yeah, well, there you go. Gone for the season and, you know, how how, dis, how devastating that is. But also, you know, he's he's got probably, I'd say, a, a pretty big job to do just watching and and helping for helping the boys out that are going gonna to have to fill his shoes. Yeah, he, he also said that he's he's never enjoyed playing rugby more than he has done. Yeah, I did this see club, that. Which was a really nice sort of vote of confidence, wasn't it? So, 100%. and and that, that was evident to see because he's had an exceptional season. But mm. the the sad thing is he, well, one of the things that he put up on his Instagram story for when people were roasting him was about he'll never play for England, and actually yeah, this I summer was his, his chance. This know, summer was his chance. Like he he should have been on whatever summer tour there is with England. Yeah, um, perfect opportunity. So. Because um, yeah, you'd imagine the likes of Curry, Underhill, etc., will likely be away. Well, yeah. Curry for sure, Underhill maybe. Yeah, perfect opportunity to get him in, isn't he? Him and him, yeah, and, him and Domers. You know, yeah. Imagine a, a back row of him and Domers in an England shirt in, in our summer tour. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, massive shame, but we'll see what happens in that re- in that regard. Uh, the next thing we should probably talk about is is the card for Andre. Yeah. Annoyingly, that's his second red of the year. I don't know what that means in terms of you know ramifications in terms of a ban we so we don't know yet but it, it won't be short no it won't it's like to be what four games maybe i think more mate i think more because it's his second one last so the one off the of gloucester was four games wasn't it so it's gonna oh, go yeah. up again the one was four games oh no it's gonna go up again and it yeah. was up to the head again so oh, jesus that's yeah, that's massive isn't it yeah it i mean well, he's, he's a big loss because he's oh. he's the catalyst in that bat line and it gets the boys yeah. going on the front foot. Um, yeah. He's the monster in defence that kills their attack from the opposition's point of view as well. So, yeah, he'll be missed and we'll probably talk about replacements, but we've got a few decent options in terms of Paul Lasiki if we want that bowling ball crashing through the midfield. Yeah. And Tapawai's kind Tapawai. of that ball playing 12. He's probably the, the shout that I would go with. I think I think Tapawai's the one for the one that I'd go with as well. I think yeah. He, I think it was Exeter he played, didn't he? When Andre yeah, was, he played very Andre well. was having yes, a kid. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Um and then Luke Northmore, who was by the way, when he came on yesterday, he Superb. was absolutely outstanding. He was my Superb. man of the match and he wasn't on for half a game. Yeah, my dad's my dad's the same thing. He was awesome. Um, yeah, that's busting tackles, said. line breaks, the yeah. passion. He wanted it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen him play 12 much, but no. given that he's able to crash through lines like that, I don't think he'd be too out of place. No. So we've got options. Um, but as you say, I think it's a similar one to Webb. I think we've got enough there to get us into the playoffs. But when we come up against the Bristol yeah. Exeter, that's perhaps where we fall slightly short. 100%. <sighs> Just wait for when, 
But yeah, well, when Andre did go off, it did open the game up, though. It was yeah. end to end stuff. There was a moment where Marcus managed to intercept and it looked like he was going to get in. I was actually watching this bit while I was on the train. So I was like shouting yeah. at my phone <laughs> around all these people, like fully going for it. I, you know, when you're sort of egging someone on, we talk about when Izzy Mayhew got her intercepted, yeah, like yeah, running yeah. in under the sticks. It was like me watching Marcus down the wing. Um, unfortunately, didn't have the wheels flung it inside and then Irish do the same thing got the other end and, and they actually managed to dot down in the corner with Ollie Hassel Collins but mm. it really opened up the game and then we really because we couldn't play like that with 14 we had to play a different way and win ugly and really squeeze it and play tight we managed to do that we hung in there and with our lot if you're only five points behind or three points behind I think it was going into well Eight, 18 21 at any point in the game if you're three points behind you're always in with a shot um, and that penalty that Marcus put in the corner. I don't know if you saw the kick, but I, that, I don't know if that got enough attention. He walloped it and it went just sort of eight metres out and it was the perfect mm-hmm. position for us to, to be able to have an attacking platform from. So he could have gone conservative, but I think that sums up his confidence as sort of the balls he's got on him. Is he, He's very happy to, to stick it in the corner um, and take that risk. 100%. How good was, that? How good was his dancing over the last, the last minute? Our goose-stepping Filipino. Yeah, how so good was good. that? He um he was even saying he knew he had free balls, so he thought, you know what, the pass out wide was was too long. Yeah, um, I'll I'll give it a go and just slice oh, his way through. The main thing for me there was Joe Gray nailing a fifteen meter line out. We talk about how yeah. he's just be signed, and we we Jeez, know he's yeah. In our point of view, he's our reserve hooker. But if that's what your reserve hooker does in the seventy ninth minute, yeah, <laughs> we're in good hands. Shows so. a bit of experience, doesn't it? Just a touch of look. I've done this for twelve years in the Quinchet almost. Like I can nail my skill when it needs. Well, that everything in that sort of sixty second period epitomizes everything about the lads at the minute. With Marcus nudging it into the corner eight meters out, execution. Joe Gray having the confidence to hit that fifteen meter line out, and as you say, that the discipline to to really focus and hit the man and and. No, you're nailing your and skills Marcus, on the pressure. Yeah, exactly. Nailing your skills on the pressure. And then Marcus to start goose-stepping his way through the team. Oh, so good. And stick it under the post with Northmore coming in behind him to, to gas him up. So, I actually know, really enjoyed it as well. They panned around to watching in, a, in, a, in an empty stadium. And uh, Brentford have the got... Uh, yeah, the coaches have got, they've got quite a cool little sort of media setup there. They've got their laptops in front. They can all see them sort of dancing about and bombs, you yeah. know, curly, frizzy hair, bouncing about in the wind. And I've, Yeah, I've always wanted my coaches to show emotion and, and really buy into the... The atmosphere in the moment and they were yeah. all on their feet it was great wasn't it all that hugging each other brilliant you got that's i'll tell you what mate that's what it is it's winning ugly so and as we get towards the end of the season there'll be more and more of them but yeah 100 and you know we haven't got a game this weekend coming because it's back to europe so yeah you know a chance to rest some bodies again um exactly. i think there may be another a game going on at some point but I think that would be quite a good thing to have if it was on. I'm not, again, like I say, I'm not sure. But a similar sort of side that played um, Bath United, that sort of similar side, now there's a couple of spaces open up, you know, with no with no first team game going on, give, give some boys some game time and see who sticks around up. Yeah, definitely. And we've got Wasps up next on um, Sunday the 8th. On the Sunday at three o'clock. So that, that's huge. a huge game. Got them at home. Yeah. I think it, it's probably slightly too soon for, for fans to be in there. But yeah, that's a huge game. I feel like that's a, a make or break for us in terms of top four. Because if we slip up here and I think Saints have got Gloucester at home and you can only see sort of four or five points for Saints mm. there. So all of a sudden they're in the ascendancy with four four games to go. So it's a really big game, that one. Yeah, massive. I mean, I'm just trying to look at the table now. I mean, where are we at? 17 games played. 55, so it's one point separated. That's on sale. We've got four point gap on Northampton. 
not sure. Regardless, it's going to be a fun weekend, isn't it? Yeah, massive, mate. It's going to be huge. Fun weekend down at down at uh, down at the steep, and hopefully some more glorious uh, early summer sunshine beating wasps. We'll see. Anyway, mate, we've uh, we've covered plenty there. I think we've uh, we've 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 dived deep and far and wide, which I've uh, I really enjoyed. And it's now early evening, early in the week. I might pop to the pub. <laughs> nice. I uh, I think I'll join. Spot on. All right, mate. Look, pleasure to talk in. Everyone, cheers for listening. We'll quickly plug the socials at Holocaust Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Get involved. Keep listening. Keep following. Keep getting in touch. We're absolutely loving the support. So we really, really appreciate that. And hopefully, more wins to come. Will, I'll catch you soon, mate. Good stuff, mate. Speak soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye.